Welcome to another edition of VLGA Connect with a special guest on today's program, the Honourable Martin Foley, who is the Minister for Mental Health, Minister for Equality and Minister for Creative Industries in Victoria. Minister, thank you very much for your time. I know it's a busy, busy time for you. A couple of things we wanted to chat with you about on VLGA Connect with our local government audience. Uh, nice to have you here. Well, thanks very much, Chris. And uh, it's a great uh, privilege to be talking directly with our local government uh, governance leaders. So uh, firstly, the LGBTIQ strategy. I understand the consultation phase has come to an end. We spoke with uh, Commissioner Roe Allen on the program a few weeks ago. How has that process gone from your perspective? Are you pleased? I am pleased, and I should stress the initial consultation um, phase because yes. there'll be a lot, there'll be many more opportunities to engage in what we can pretty much establish is the first dedicated whole of government uh, strategy to seek to embed some principles of inclusion and diversity in all of what government does from an LGBTIQ perspective. Over 700 uh, opportunities for different either individuals or organisations or roundtables to engage in this, the first round, from an enormous diversity of perspectives. But it's been, uh, it's been informative and it's certainly raised the issue of the enormous intersections between the diverse rainbow community and the even more diverse Victorian community. And from a local government perspective, uh, we know that so much of the front line of engagement around inclusion uh, and incorporating LGBTIQ uh, advocacy and outcomes is so important to what local government does. So having local government partnering is really important. And um, uh, we know that there'll be more opportunities for that strategy as it evolves over the next year or two to make sure that local government is embedded deeply in the program. So I'm, I'm glad you picked me up on that consultation issue because that's just the first phase, obviously, of bringing together perspectives and viewpoints to form the strategy. Mm. You mentioned it's the first whole of government strategy. Is that a first for Australia indeed or just Victoria? No, well, we're pretty sure it's the first for Australia. There's been a few um, other strategies, um, but they've been either departmental or segment-wide. This is a deliberate strategy to... Um, not slow it down, but to make sure that it's thorough. Um, we've spent the last five and a bit years rolling out the equality portfolio as an advocacy, capacity building, leadership development, um, uh, taking on homophobia, biphobia and transphobia, particularly in the regions through education and support. Now we, through the advisory groups we have in place, how do we seek to embed some of those issues of cultural practice change and equality outcomes in all of what government does uh, and particularly the very strong message that's come through about how lgbtiq um, uh, affirmative support approaches intersects with so much of what all different levels of government does so the strong focus is going to be on how does government lead, how does government um, uh, respond, and how does government 
continue to monitor and ensure better outcomes. In a practical sense, Minister, where do you see local government fitting in, in that process? Local government is critical uh, to so much of what government uh, at a state level does. We are bound at the hip and we need to make sure that and now more than ever, particularly in a post-COVID safe world, that we're linked. And if we want to make sure that the work we do in the equality portfolio from an LGBTIQ perspective is effective, it will be effective because we partner with all levels of government, but particularly that level of government closest to community. I think it's fair to say that much of the uh, impetus for um, reform and leadership comes from local government in this space. Uh, we've seen it in recent history with the marriage equality uh, plebiscite, local government led. We've seen it with strong support, very active support from local government for many of the uh, grants uh, and support programs that we've run in this portfolio. The rural and regional roadshow to take on homophobia, transphobia and biphobia in Victoria's regional communities was successful because it was able to partner with local government as a key ally in embedding in communities for events, for bringing along uh, opinion leaders, community shapers. It's critical. At every level we look at, local government is such an important ally in this pro program of change. As you may be aware, the new Local Government Act is going to require CEOs to develop four-year workforce plans that give regard to diversity, inclusion, etc., which I think is a good thing. I'm sure you'd agree. What about that next level up, though, in terms of leadership starting at the top? What is your um, expectations, I guess, for how inclusion can be um, a stronger part of the decision-making process by the elected bodies at council level. Indeed, this applies particularly to local government, but it applies to all levels of government. So this same issue uh, arises wherever we look. We know that the relationship between senior management and elected councillors is a critical component. That relationship, that creative support and creative tension in that relationship is critical to both achieving what the Act says has to be delivered by local government uh, leaders and what the elected councillors, um, of course, want to achieve as part of their agenda. Making sure that those expectations are clear and making sure that inclusion and diversity is part of that, um, understood, uh, able to be measured, able to be delivered and able to be successful is a key part of that. And that's why some of the workshops, some of the... Uh, strategies that the whole of government strategy has been looking at is how to embed that. The same principles apply in our health networks. The same principles apply in policing. The same principles apply right across the myriad of services that governments deliver. And this is an opportunity for government to lead. This is an opportunity for government to actually say at the highest levels that we take inclusion and reflecting back at our communities who they are in how we operate is so important. So uh, you mentioned a year or so. Is that, uh, is that about the time frame when we can expect to see, I assume we'll see a draft strategy come out of this process? Yes, indeed. Um, the COVID emergency has clearly 
uh, slowed us down, but in a way, um, in a perverse kind of way, it's actually deepened the opportunities for some levels of engagement. So we'll go through um, uh, a whole range of you now internal to government agencies processes now that the first phase of public consultation is finalised. Then in consultation with our um, community-led steering group, we'll uh, put together a draft, we'll put that through the normal government processes and then we'll release that for further um, engagement right across the community in the next year or so. Okay, well, we'd love to stay connected with that journey along the way here at VLGA Connect to, uh, to help keep people informed. Um, Minister, I assume you're watching the progress of the Victorian Pride Centre in St Kilda pretty closely. You'd be pleased with how that's turning out? Yes, uh, there's another example of partnership with local governments. Uh, without the active support of the City of Port Phillip, it would not be where it is. Um, yes, the Stage 4 restrictions have uh, slowed it down, but it is on its journey to completion. It's, it's important in its own right in that it will be both a physical, digital and symbolic place for inclusion and a disparate range of, of um, LGBTI groups coming together. But interestingly enough, it will also be, from the City of Port Phillip's point of view, a key instrument in revitalising uh, that part of St Kilda. And uh, I think that will be something that the City of Port Phillip uh, should be very proud of and its contribution has been central to making sure the vision has come to pass. And another Australian first, as we were discussing yes, with Judith of the program. I wanted to leave a little bit of time to talk about another very important and topical subject, and that is your announcement this week of investment in mental health services brought into you know stark uh, focus uh, with uh, COVID-19, of course, mm -hmm. but specifically how local government can uh, intersect with that agenda that you've clearly set this week. So we've made a series of announcements over the COVID emergency around the fact that mental ill health has been substantially increasing. Mm -hmm. uh, and stage four, we know, to slow down the spread of the virus um, has these terrible outcomes of increasing isolation, um, anxiety and depression on the one hand, but on a more acute level, it's increasing uh, presentations of harm uh, and distress at a really um, awful level. The package that we announced uh, over the weekend was how to deal with that acute end of increased presentations and bad outcomes by focusing where we really do need to focus so much of our, of our not just mental uh, health and mental ill health responses, but all of our health responses in the community at the top of the cliff rather than the ambulance at the bottom of the cliff. And directing uh, acute services back into the community, uh, back into how we engage people in their local situation, ideally before they get ill, but at the moment, whilst uh, they show uh, very poor ill health, mental health outcomes is critical. We don't want people in emergency departments at the best of times, and now is no time to be in an emergency department. Mm. 
it's stressful for people with uh, uh, acute mental illness and it's not good uh, in the COVID environment. So the, the focus, whether it be with the likes of Headspace, community health organisations, non-government partners, is to deliver more services, particularly for acute level, in the community and in the home. And we know that when it comes to primary health care support and that intelligence of the variety of intersections where mental illness uh, first presents in a community, that local government and the many agencies that it supports and the many services that it delivers are a key partner in that process. So um, whether it's through support for uh, community health centres, whether it's support for uh, any other, the multitude of non-government organisations who partner with health services in community mental health work, the opportunity to bring those different levels of government and community together to deliver acute and subacute mental health support safely and in a timely manner and in the most effective manner, close to where you live, dealing with the services and the issues that are important to you and getting you back on an even keel as quickly as possible, but local government is a key ally. And um, uh, we look forward to uh, those learnings being incorporated in the final outcomes of the Royal Commission into Victoria's mental health system due early in the new year. Much of the direction of this uh, flows from the Royal Commission's interim report uh, late last year. Minister, we'll have to leave it there, um, out of time, but thank you very much for, for joining us on VLGA Connect and talking to us about those two very important topics. And we look forward to speaking with you again soon. You're very kind. Thanks, Chris.